Welcome to Brooklyn Talks with Estelle and, and D. And we have actually a guest today. This is shocking, right? That we actually have a guest. And her name is Mary Wauer. And she is a licensed clinical social worker, a registered nurse. And um, she provides psychotherapy for adults. And for couples, she's very. She has a lot of certifications, but I don't know if we want to go. You might want to explain it as we go. Imago therapy for couples, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, which is EMDR, which I highly recommend, and also grief resolution. Anything else, Mary? You want to add to that, or that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So I thought today we would talk about destigmatizing mental disorders, because I think that, you know, there's so many people out there that really don't know that much about um, mental disorders. You know, when you call mental illness, it has a different kind of connotation. You know what I mean? People think of it as as a stigma rather than as being part of who they are. And so, um, Mary, you obviously work a lot. You've been in the. You've been doing this for what twenty five years or more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, I thought maybe the first uh, uh, session we would talk about um, anxiety. Okay. Because okay. I know a lot of people, and, and I know people have normal anxiety, and then the anxiety obviously becomes abnormal when it becomes it takes over their lives. Right. I mean. Right. So what would you say as far as anxiety? You know, I like to go around the symptoms. Um, the types and then what could be done. So what do you think as far as anxiety to you is like the most prevalent or the most that you want to talk about? Well, first of all, you want to think about anxiety as a reaction to an intense fear or perception of a fear of an event. So on that notice, you notice that there are, there's a continuum of anxiety. It goes from very low Anxiety disorders such as adjustment disorder, which really is something that, you know, typically you're moving in and out of your house, you're changing your job, you're moving out of state. You know, COVID was a perfect example the first two to three months. Mm-hmm. People had adjustment disorder. But then after that, it goes up the ladder. So that's very common. The next one would be generalized anxiety disorder, which I see the most of, which is a state of anxiety that persists for, you know, more than a year. And it's chronic worry, chronic anxiety, fear of the fear. That's then me. it moves up to. Hmm? That's me. That's you. Then it moves up to um, more panic attack, cued panic, uncued panic, panic disorder. Then it moves up to social anxiety disorder. Then it can move into OCD, mm-hmm. and then it can move up to which I work very often with PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. Um, and then that can go into chronic PTSD and that can go into the worst kind of is dissociative disorder. So that's the continuum of all the anxiety disorders. There's more, but that's the basic. And so what would you say the symptoms that you, when someone comes in, right, and you have to distinguish what kind of anxiety they have? I know generalized anxiety disorder, um, you say that's the most prevalent, but as, what would you say the symptoms are that when somebody comes in, what would be the, what's going on with them that? you you see and you can diagnose them well first of all you want to assess the time frame of the anxiety so right off the bat you know if someone's anxious and you know i want to see is it sudden is it two to three months or is it long-term pervasive pattern so you know what you do is you need to have a certain meet this in there's the dsm the diagnostic criteria manual that we use for diagnosis you have to meet certain criteria so for generalized anxiety you're looking for things like heat up excessive worry difficulty with sleep Difficulty with, you know, not being able to let the, the, the thoughts go, 
Um, there's a lot of physiological arousal. There's like a lot of um, body sensations. They can't settle in a lot of hyperarousal, hypoarousal. That's all generalized anxiety. Okay. And the way we treat it, you can treat it with, uh, with psychotherapy and specifically with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is working with the automatic thought the person has, being able to turn the thought around and then activate the behavior. Okay. So I would say that Denise has generalized. You got Sumner. <laughs> See, I am not becoming a therapist because I was looking at all this and, and I wrote on here, Denise, as you notice on my notes. I see it. Um, well, because she, you always have. No, let me, I want to say something though. I was in therapy for five years and it was life changing for me. I personally think mm-hmm. that. I could be 100% wrong. I don't know what caused my anxiety to get to where it is now. And um, I think all of a sudden I'm associating it with, I had um, a bariatric surgery 27 months ago. And I think that since the surgery, my anxiety has gotten a thousand times worse. And I can't help but wonder if it could be some kind of an imbalance. Because it's just... You've always been anxiety. Not like like this. Not like worrying about like everything just like. Yeah, but you go from what? Yeah. So, I mean, so Mary, would you say that these anxiety disorders, say generalized anxiety disorder, what are the, what is it genetic? Is this traumatic? Is it like, where does it come from? And and can it be from a, you know. Your body's lacking something, some nutrients. and No, that would be a brain, maybe brain chemistry. Well, well, first of all, when anybody, oh, I'm, I, I think to let everyone know that I'm also a registered nurse. So I always look through the lens of the medical model. So with any anxiety disorder and or depressive disorder, you always, number one, rule out organic, something that there's not a medical diagnosis underneath the anxiety, mm-hmm. which is kind of where you're talking to me. It's like there could be an imbalance of something maybe, and- right? And, no, does, and does, right. But it does anxiety come like for me coming from my uh, background, you know, my childhood and all the, you know, all the stuff that was going on, having that kind of childhood, would that trigger people to be having or, or is it my personality? Yes. Would it be, you know, environment? Could it be genetic? You know what there, I mean? So anxiety could be behavior, uh, genetic, you know, um, the biology, you're born with the biology of your ancestors. And then it also could be socio-ecological, which is kind of like the, the house you were raised in. So, you know, cognitive assumptions that your parents said, you know, you should be doing this. You have to get A's. You know, that can create anxiety. Also, it could be the modeling behavior of the family. If you have an anxious parent and you didn't inherit the gene, but you were exposed to the model behavior and anxiety, you're going to develop an anxiety disorder. Right. Okay. So it's right. genetics, heredity, exposure, the culture. And then there's cultural factors, too. Yes, I think I have all those. <laughs> no, right, I, I, right. You know what I mean? I feel that genetically, my parents have anxiety, okay, my mother, and then they modeled that anxiety. Like, my mother would be like, oh, my God, you're not home, something's wrong. Everything was always something wrong. You couldn't be, like, out, right. you, you were dead. Or, you know, that anxiety yeah. Um, yeah. constant over and over again. And then it runs in my family, so I think, and then I would internalize it right and then it just became bigger and then uh, as you were saying i think for me it started 
anxiety and then I went to panic attacks, you know, for me. So I kind of grew into that. Right. I didn't have that. You know, my parents weren't my, they were not like that. But I, even as a child, I did have, um, I, I remember going to a doctor at a really young age and him telling my mother, she's very high strung or whatever it is, whatever that means. You know, I was so young, but again, I really didn't, my, my siblings do, um, my brother and my sister both suffer with depression and anxiety, and I've never really experienced it as bad as I have in the last, I don't know how long. Like, Well, maybe it is due to the fact you're by, you know, you've changed your whole lifestyle and everything. Right, and then I, you know, then I second guess and I start to think, am, 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 do I have anxiety? Is it about food? Is it because I... It, it's just so bizarre. But the things I worry, the the things that give me anxiety are just not normal. Well, it's over. Isn't that when you have generalized anxiety, you have a regular circumstance that everybody wouldn't be anxious and then you take it to another level? With yeah, that- you have an uncomfortable state in your body to the threat of a feared event. Yes. That's anxiety. But ev- that's everything with me. Like Estelle knows, like if if things just become like ginormous, like going grocery shopping or it's just so, so no feeding the dogs, so, like not so, all the time, but a lot of the time. I think you're talking about you have catastrophic thinking. Oh my and, God, do I have catastrophic thinking? Yeah. catastrophic thoughts, which is member. So you had generalized. Now it's starting to move up a little bit towards a panic disorder feel. But it's know? not even like panic. Like it's like, um, like, I'm going to give you just a silly to you. It's going to sound really silly to me. It's a big thing. Like, like the electric bill came in today. Yeah. And like, you had to see how much time I spent on thinking, should I just do it now and get it out? Should I do it now and get it out? Like nothing can wait for later. Nothing. It's such a problem. And we're, you know, it's a problem with my marriage because my husband's on the other end of the spectrum. Nothing gets done now. Everything has to be done yesterday to a point where I'll pay bills twice the same bill yeah. twice because I don't remember paying it. Well, what's, yeah. so, sense sorry, of urgency, sense of urgency, sense, sense of, of urgency. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sense of always having to get things done, check it off, you know, which also feels like features of OCD, but well, doesn't yeah. mean you have OCD, but yeah. the obsessions are increased right. and the compulsions are increased to get it done. Right. So all that is the anxiety continuum. So, that, you know, you'd have to be assessed you know, speak with someone, look to see specifically where it's treated and then committed. No, you're committed. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, as far, what would she do? What would be something that she could do? Because she does all these things. She puts things in her ears. What is that thing? You oh, know? I have them now. What are those balls? What are those? My acupuncturist. Yeah, does. they put yeah. the stuff. Yeah, and then no, she, I feel like I don't. It could be a coincidence. I felt like this time usually I get it done. I don't notice anything. But I'm also taking a lot of um, supplements. I'm taking a lot of supplements. Yeah. Yeah. So what would she, what would be something that she could do? I mean, obviously therapy, but what kind of, you know, would she need medication you think, or do you think that, you know, I mean, I, know I, not, I mean, you can't diagnose it obviously in two seconds, mm-hmm. but I'm saying for her, what would she, what would be her line of what would you would recommend? Well, well I would, it's a perfect example of why you need to do body oriented work. I mean, this is why everybody talks about two things, meditation and mindfulness. Right. Because if you're catastrophic all the time and your sense of urgency, you're in a different place. You're you're like tomorrow. And right. the treatment exactly. for anxiety like that is in the session. It would be in this very moment, you know, decreasing the threat, the perception of the threat. 
Right. Estelle says that to me all the time. And, and I tell her, I seriously, <laughs> every, like every single day. day, I say that to myself. Like when I start, like I'm going to Florida on Wednesday and it started with getting to the airport. It's not that I can't Uber, I can, but the thought of... But you're not living in the moment. She's saying mindfulness. Not th- I know oh. that. And that's what I'm saying. I'm, my my head was going and I'm like, oh my God, this, that. And I kept thinking about you, you know, just... Put your feet on the ground. Put your feet on the ground. Yes. It's not an easy thing. No, I know. But what she said, me, I know. It's There's very... something called the 333 rule, which is to get grounded. If you're anxious and catastrophic and, oh my God, what if? Then you want to do the 333 is move three parts of your body, at, you know. Right. Then visualize three things you can see. And then three things you can smell or taste. So usually it's smell. Okay. So those three things, if you do the three, 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 see, um, you know, see and hear and then move, it gets you very grounded in the moment. Then from there, you take the catastrophic thought and then you do some, do something called it's a, it's kind of involved. It's called the Socratic method, which is okay. If it's like doing stairs, like downstairs, like, okay, I have to get an Uber Wednesday. What if I don't get the Uber on time? That's the stair, right? Right. Then you do this. Then what? That's the stair down. So you don't get the Uber on time or something happens with the Uber. Then what? Yeah. Then what? Then is, what? It, is, is it going to be catastrophic? No, I, that's the whole that's thing. That's the whole That's what she's saying. Right. I'm no, breaking I your know. anxiety right now. No, right. Because I'm not even doing the Uber. I will reach out to every body and no, I just. The thought of downloading an Uber app and using Uber, I've never used them, is just too much for me to... But I'm, but I'm doing it with you. So you right. break the anxiety by, I'll call somebody. Okay, right. so somebody so somebody doesn't show up, then what? I call the next person. <laughs> and that, see how you... Now, just as you're doing that, you, your anxiety should be right. coming down. It, right. It, absolutely. It does. You're right. It definitely does. No, I, I will... I'm willing to try anything like I, I downloaded the um I when I go to sleep at night I'm doing the mindful um meditation meditation to go to sleep and even if I don't have it on and I'm laying there and I'll just run through everything I say you know just breathe and then you know uh relax into the bed and blah 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 so I I'm working on it um now with the anxiety too with the you know the pandemic probably you had a lot of people I'm assuming coming in with anxiety, right? The unknown, yeah, uh, right. what are they going to do? So how did basically with them, I mean, it's talking it out and trying to, I want to write down that three, 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 three. She's <laughs> writing it down. And can um, I jump in there real quick? Sure, yeah. Should we do, try progressive uh, relaxation for, for breathing technique, progressive muscle relaxation. Okay. It's a breathing what, what, technique. What, so you're laying in bed right. and you're tensing your arms then you relax your arms and breathe. It's progressive muscle relaxation. Okay, it, so you tense up. You tense up and then relax. And then breathe. Yeah, and, and breathe. then you just do the whole body. You know, you start with your head, you tense your head, your neck, your face, your arms, your legs, your torso. And well, then the whole body physiologically is in a relaxed state. Right. Oh, yeah, they say that on when you're listening to it. It says that start with the top of your head and, and you go all the way all down, way down, to, down your to your toes. Yes. Right, you tighten, right. thank you. So, um, so with COVID and COVID anxiety, 
that's another whole, we could do an hour on that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, most of that is exactly kind of what we're talking about. It's feared events and loss of control and the perception of loss of control. So Mm -hmm. you do the same kind of thing. What's the reality of the situation? What can you do to prevent, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever your fear is, work it down. Right. So that's what I mean for me, you know, my, I, I'm an, I'm a, I used to be like this ball of anxiety. I mean, everything, every single thing would be on my mind. If I had to drive somewhere, I used to panic because I'm not going to get there. I would go there before, say I had to go somewhere to an That's appointment. Me. I would go there the day before to know exactly where I'm going. Oh my God, I'm and if terrible. I go any, yeah, and when I go like, you know, all those things. And now, like you're saying, I try to say, all right, so I'm late. What's going to happen? Right. I say, I can't control it. What's going to happen now? Do I still have anxiety? Yeah, but it's not as. And I also right. I hate to say this because a lot of my recovery program, I'm in the day. I can't project because when I I used to project about everything. Right. I mean, oh, this is going to like 10 years. Uh, this. How do I know what's going to happen two minutes from now? So my mindset is different. Right. But I suffer it, some anxiety. I'm a med- I have to be medicated, too, because right. of mine because I have terrible anxiety. I used to have more. I, I don't have it now, but Mary knows because I've I've known her now for like at least twelve years that I've gone through a lot of different stages, right? I mean, and I don't have a problem saying I have anxiety, right, or that I have OCD. I do have OCD <clears throat> because it's a part of who I am. I right. can't control that. It's in my mind. It's my chemical imbalance. It's part of who I am, just like I am an alcoholic. And, you know, right, it's like, not, it, right. but I mean, but I, I just want people to realize right. that there is help. Right. And anxiety, like you were talking about panic disorder. I know that I have, I used to have such horrible panic attacks. They were horrible. They were debilitating. And I think, do you think that my general, from being a kid, uh, the generalized anxiety disorder became a panic disorder? And then I had more anxiety. I mean, I had like nervous breakdown, you know what I mean? So it, I think it progressed because I didn't get help either. Right. Right. Yes. And if you have like, for example, social anxiety disorder, which is fear of being scrutinized, fear of being ridiculed, you know, people have social phobia, they're going to have an association with having huge panic attacks prior to going to the event. So you can have a combination of this stuff, a panic attack with social anxiety or, you know, so it's, right. they all kind of mix together, but there's diagnostic features that you have to meet to get the diagnosis. That's why, as you know, a licensed professional would be able to do that. Right. Just to get the, because I know that for me, <clears throat> besides, I know that I have a panic disorder just because I used to have those impending doom. It was like, for me, I would be laying in bed and my heart would be beating a thousand miles an right. hour. I'm going to die. Someone's going to die. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. And then I would, I would have to, you know, I would pace the, the house for like, it'd take about 15, 20 minutes. This, the, that has to be for me, the most horrible thing is anxiety for me because it was so yeah. consuming. And then what I would learn through therapy is I would do crossword puzzles to get out of my head because I know I'm not going to die and I know nobody's dying. So I had to put that in my head, but it took a long time and right. I would do crossword puzzles. Then my heart would go down yeah. and then yeah. I would relax. But panic attacks are horrible. Yeah, I don't suffer. Thank God. I'm not, I don't suffer bad with panic attacks. They're very, very far and in between. It's just. Well, you're lucky are, because. They're no, bad. I know. I know. But you know what the worst part of it is for me? Um, not, not the worst part, but people that don't get it. And everybody has, you know, some form of. Anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. it's normal to have right. anxiety. But and my husband's thing is like, I tell you this before. 
you're not happy unless you worry about something. You always have to find something to worry about. And I say, you know, you think I get up and say, oh, let me find things to worry about. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's not being done on purpose. No, none of this is purposeful. Right. But people don't get it. No, unless they have it. You know, right. Unless they have it. Even people that have it don't always... I don't know, sympathize or whatever. And about social anxiety disorder, what you were talking about, um, a lot of kids have that, right? I mean, it, it tends to be, with, you know, from I, I'm going to tell you, I had social anxiety disorder, but my mother has social anxiety disorder really bad. And I know that I used to stress, because the biggest thing for me is that uh, people are not going to like me. People are going to yeah. look at me that I'm stupid. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Like if I speak, I'm going to look stupid. Um, I'm not dressed properly. It's all these crazy thoughts that go through yeah. my mind. Yeah. Ridicule, fear of exposure, fear of right. embarrassment. Yeah. 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 Do, do you have that? I don't have that. No, no. she does I don't not. Have she could so- walk up to a stranger. I could. And, and, I have and no start- social, no, no. social. Yeah. But where no, do you think anxiety. that is that also a genetic predisposition? That's, uh, that's more of an exposure to an event early on in childhood that created it. So like you had said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense to me. So most of, so what other, what other, um, anxiety well, disorder? You can keep I talking. Add in, I want to add in that when you were talking before about having really intense physiological panic attacks, you know, you always, always have to explore also that the anxiety is not due to a substance, mm-hmm. you know, besides a medical condition, you also want to make sure medication or substance induced anxiety. Yes. So, well, so you have to be careful. That's, yeah. You know. So in other words, can, well, I mean, for me, when I, when anxiety, people don't realize also that anxiety, stress could be effective medically to your body, right? I mean, there are medical conditions that um, anxiety can bring out, like, like heart disease. Um, heart disease, thyroid disorder, you know, classically, you know, um, lots of, lots of, um, I'm not going to say autoimmune, but much more uh, typically cardiovascular atrial fibrillation. And there's a lot of them. So they, they mimic. That's why you always, always have to be seen by an MD first. I make everyone go usually get to their primary to get ruled out. Right. Well, guess who had but, AFib? I didn't have AFib. I had SVT. That's different. All right. Well, but, but SVT? I, can, yeah. I had severe SVT. I had an ablation. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah but I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there, but there is a con. There is no right. So if you like with Mary, like for me, it, you know, I was a hundred. Now I'm maybe a thirty. Right? I mean, as far as my anxiety, you know. But uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mary. No, well, that's why I want to go over treatment recommendations because yes. there's a lot of things you can do without medication. You know, sometimes you need medication, but the most important thing is there's something called the window of tolerance. I mean, you can Google it: window of arousal, window of tolerance. It's almost like being able to bring, if, if your life is a window, you know, people are either hyper aroused at the top of the window, you know, um, nervous, scared, running, heart rates up, sweating, palpitations, or hypo aroused, which is shut down. They get anxious and they shut down. They can't move. They get immobilized. They get stuck. Okay. So those two things present in the office. And my job is to get them into the middle of the window, which mm-hmm, is called the window right. of tolerance. So you do that with... First of all, there's easy things like yoga, yoga poses, uh, Tai Chi, diaphragmatic breathing. You know, that's why they push breathing because all those things regulate the body to get centered. Right. Okay. So that's one. Number two is you just did it. Self-monitoring. Um, I used to be a hundred. Now I'm a 30. You rate your anxiety like right now on a scale of one to 10. How high is my anxiety? 
And then, you know, most people say eight, nine, 10, you got to, you have to teach yourself to self-regulate it to bring it down to like a two or a one. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So those are self-taught techniques. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. Secondarily, uh, and that's why breathing exercises work so well, because when you're anxious, your diaphragm is raised and your lungs are compressed. So you can't get a lot of air in because the diaphragm is, you know, the diaphragm is under the lungs. So when you breathe, you're literally, you know, breathe correctly. You're pushing the diaphragm down, which allows the lungs to open up and take in more air and therefore relaxing it. Hmm. Mm, Now now the breathing, sorry, the breathing that I was taught is those three deep, like how would, what would you recommend the breathing? Like I used to do like three in and then you, you, you pay attention to breathing out, right? How would, how does the breathing technique that you would recommend? The number one, well, for the sleep, I told you the sleep one, which is the progressive muscle. But the number one do I do is diaphragmatic breathing, which is, I say to to someone, either um, breathe in, it's the opposite of what you think. Breathe in and push your stomach out, like as if your stomach is a basketball or you're pregnant. Right, we used to do that, right, right, in therapy. And you breathe breathe in. And then you push it and push your stomach out, hold it for a few seconds, and then relax, breathe out, and let your stomach flatten. Right. You have three times. Three times. Okay. That's going to self. That's going to regulate the vagus nerve. It's going to re- regulate your body to be calm. Is that in through the nose and out through the mouth, or it doesn't matter? No, it doesn't matter really. Okay. The, the whole I was part curious is the, about that. Pushing your, you know, pushing your abdomen out. Right. It's usually. I always try to tend to do breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. Right. That's what I when when I was in therapy. That's what she used to have us do. Um, in, because you can hyperventilate the mouth, right? Yeah, but the stomach goes out. Right, exactly. Right, right. So right. basically, you can help yourself to get yes. out because a lot of people do not go to get help because they either feel that it's a stigma or they don't feel like they have. You know what I mean? Like, how do you? What is well the number the number two thing to do is, and people can look it up. It's cognitive restructuring, restructuring the thought. Like, um, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to get to, you know, oh my goodness, I'm not gonna be able to get the Uber on time or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then if you stay with, I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to get to the airport and your anxiety is going to, you know, keep racing and racing. So you shift the thought to, you know what, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try to get the Uber. You know, if that doesn't happen, then I will find a new way. You, you flip the thought around. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't manage my anxiety. I can learn how to manage my anxiety using techniques. You turn the thought and once you turn the thought around. Right. Right. I just find my anxiety a little weird because it's not always. um, I feel like it's not always something that causes it. Like I could be driving and have the radio on and. Everything can happen. Yeah, no, I know, that happens but it happens so often. Then all of a sudden I get that. I do know that there's a, a, a conditions that are anxiety due to a medical condition. Right. So, and right. what are the, so, what, what, what are some of those, what medical conditions can be, uh, you know, thought of that is not anxiety. Well, you, just, but, you can just think of the cardiovascular diseases, you know? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like, a, you know, or people who have pacemaker, you know, people who have, you know, there's a lot of situations where medical interventions, you know, change and can cause something. Mary, how do you know the difference between anxiety and depression? They, they're, 
there's a and depression has can be a mixture of anxiety and depression or right. straight depression, but anxiety disorder patients don't have depressive features, you know, vegetative state, lack of ability to, you know, too much sleep or not enough sleep. There's a very big, there's a very big difference. Okay. Depressive okay. features are, you know, common to themselves, but the mixture of anxiety induced depressions are com- is common where so much anxiety starts to, you know, affect you the neurotransmitters right. in your brain. Right. You start to get depressed about. Yeah. And right. There's other things too. Like, um, I have, uh, irritable, Irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. Is that also an anxiety? Isn't that also stress and anxiety that can also bring that on? Is yeah, that like I mean, certain, you know, like IBS and other things that can um, like be triggered by stress and anxiety? Because that's yeah, I've been had this since I was a kid. That's why you have to work on all those techniques to calm the body as much as you can. Yeah, I know because my yeah. body's on on alert all the time. It's like crazy. Um, so and you know so, medications, you know medications they use are SSRIs or benzodiazepines, but they don't use them that. That's for quick relief, or um, you know beta blockers sometimes help with anxiety disorder, like public speaking. But there's lots of other things, primers. There's lots of things you can do for anxiety disorders. You know group dynamics. Right now, you mean public speaking in what sense? Doing sometimes people have you know public speaking and they have anxiety, so sometimes they can recommend a a a dose of a beta blocker, a medication, just to stop the feeling of the anxiety. Oh, of the anxiety, yeah. Because one of my biggest anxieties when I was a kid was talking in front of the class. I I was a mess. I know it was. I was such a mess as a kid. I mean, I was so anxious. Again, looking stupid and not having the right answer, even though I had the right answers. I could I could go back in time and feeling red. I would turn red from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Now, thank God, at my age, which I'm old, uh, I don't have that because I speak now in my recovery program, and it's changed my it's unbelievable life. Unbelievable that you, that, do you know that. what I mean. You could, you know what I mean. It just, and then you know what it is? It's becoming like you always say, authentic. You know, the being authentic, being being honest, getting the shit off your back. You know, sick as your secrets, that kind of thing. Right. Really helps my anxiety too, because I was holding all that stuff in and talking about it has reduced my anxiety because I don't have to present right. myself as this, you know, person. I am this person that has these things, but I still function and, and it's just a part of me. You right. know what I mean? Well, because you did what we call exposure and desensitization. You expose yourself to the, to the fear. Mm-hmm. You did some public speaking. You did some, you know, things. And then you desensitize the body reaction. Okay. That, so that's, yeah. So that's those things work. Um, they work. What else did you want to talk about, Mary? Because I think we have a couple of minutes more and then we're going to stop and do depression. You know, I think well, that's also important. Well, I think, you know, the, basically you just want to regain with anxiety sort of the increasing the sense of predictability and control is the outcome with anxiety. Right. You know, trying to pre- and that's what causes the anxiety. And, you know, really, you don't always have the outcome, but you have to have a perception of, like I said to you. If this doesn't work, then what? Then what? Then what? Right. Right. That's that's one of the best things to do quick. That's just in that situation. It's just that, you know. You could do that in all situations. No, I'm right. I'm saying that's like talking myself at, you know, through that. But just like the anxiousness of just, you know, 
just these stupid little things. That, yeah, but and, that's part of the whole anxiety thing. I know. So you have, I mean, it's, she's saying that each one of those little things you can try to right. like control, you know, I have do, more I try to, I do, I'm getting, I know, don't like being out of control right. anymore. And, uh, and there's also anxiety that comes from substance abuse, right? Because I, when I was drinking, my anxiety right. was through the roof, you know what I mean? But that's also substance you know, right. induced. Right. Plus, I already was anxious to begin with. Well, I don't take any medication at all. I was back when my father got sick 20 something years ago. Um, when he first got sick, I started do, taking Xanax and taking them like candy and it just got out of control. And then I, I'm, I don't like when anything's in control of me. I'm weird like well, that. Well, you're lucky that. Well, you, well, food was not in control of you. Right. Well, I'm some, yeah, but I was always a healthy eater. I just love, I love food. I always, I like food. But that's your comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. But I'm just saying like with the, with the Zach. So now like someone will say, if I'm like really bad, you know, my sister or whatever will say, you know, you want a Xanax. I don't want to start that. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. No, that's mm-hmm. the last thing I want to do. No, you don't want to do. do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, I'll take well, over-the-counter things I order off Amazon Serenity now because of Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Alyssa, you're Alyssa from work. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, well, that helps. Um, no, yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> help. You say, things work opposite on me. You know, I've gone to um, I've gone to uh, dispensaries and spoke to them about things that, you know, like maybe, pot, pot not stuff? just pot, like uh, whatever they, when, yeah. yeah, whatever, but it, everything works opposite on me. I Mm-hmm. I get, I go into full blown panic attacks if I try anything like that. So mm-hmm. that's my story. Well, <clears throat> the only thing I can say is there's a lot of anxiety out there, but it is treatable. You just have to find someone, a licensed therapist, whoever, you know, to talk about it. And there are treatments that you don't have to suffer the anxiety. Cause let me tell you, anxiety for me was a nightmare. It is a nightmare. And it's a very difficult thing uh, to deal with. Now, thank God, I have anxiety, but I think it's like normal anxiety. But I'm able, like you said, you have to tame it. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I tame my anxiety more now than I ever have. But I'm also medicated and I do therapy and I have a I mean, there's a lot of work involved, but it's doable. It's only making myself better. You know what I mean? Right. So anything else you want to add? Because I think we're going to wrap this one up. Um, just with the, you know, just, just reinforcing the medical disorder piece. So when there's a medical disorder, you know, and the condition presents itself, like, let's just say thyroid's the easiest one, you know, that's going to lead to anxiety type symptoms. So that's just so you understand that. Yeah. The thyroid disease. Well, you have that too. Yep. Yeah. So so she's got all (laughs) the winners over here. And, you know, always make sure your physician knows your homeopathic remedies, your holistic remedies and along with, because you know, everything interacts. Yeah. Even right. holistic so. stuff. Cause you have to take 75,000 vitamins. I do. Even before you had gastric bypass. I did. I so, you did. know, I, I don't I understand didn't, I it do. at all. All right. Well, and, me- and the last thing I want to say is, sure. you know, you always want to find really good coping me- mechanisms, you know, to cope with anxiety, which is social support, friendships, calling people, you know, attending, you know, it doesn't have to be anxiety yeah. sort of groups. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. But they are out I, there. Right. Because, especially with COVID, you know, isolation is one of the number one factors causing anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So that's why community type events are the most important thing. Because then you normalize, you know, you get out of the house, you move, you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not as anxious because the perception of anxiety is different when you're in a room with Right. It's funny that you said that because I was going to say that when I'm out with people, I'm fine. 
Yeah, because you're connecting it's with when people. I don't, when I don't have time to think and worry well, you're about in your head. every... Right, when I'm not in my head. When you're exactly. in your head, that's the exactly. worst place to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So there's a defense mechanism called affiliation. It's one of my favorites. And it's when, you know, affiliation just means why I want people to join churches or, or you know, volunteer or do something. You affiliate with something else beside yourself, which gets you out of your head. And then what happens is it normalizes your anxiety, which is, I was worried half hour ago about this or that. Meanwhile, I'm out in the world. And I'm realizing that thought doesn't even make sense anymore. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe you should consider volunteering or something. Get it, you know, do something you like. <laughs> Thanks, Ma. Uh, uh, listen, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, listen, uh, uh, it is what it is. And we are who we are and we're not bad people. That's all I know. So Mary, it was very nice <laughs> that you Thank came. You, now sir. we're going to, now we're going to do the second half. So we'll, we'll stop now and okay. we'll say this is, Brooklyn Talks with Estelle and Crazy D. And do the next right thing. (laughs)